It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the Soul of the Smoke Cigar Cast. Drew, Mo. Yo. Mooka Rich. Still bringing the bull. Every week. Mo? Would you like to... We have uh, a special guest today. Yeah? Alex and Alex, I apologize. Birakowski or Birazowski? That's great. You're part of the weird last name gang, so it's all good. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's close enough, Berzowski. Berzowski? Yeah, that's pretty close. That's the American version, you know. If, you, if you're uh, well, a Spanish-speaking well, person, as a, it's like if you're Spanish, <laughs> your it's your first language. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Spanish is your first uh, language. I expect you to say more of like Berzowski, you know. But that, oh, uh, nice. I like see, that. See that little nice. emphasis on the uh, zo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Maybe that's, that's your new nickname from now. From now on. This is so cool. Yeah. Um, I'll take so Alex, Alex is uh, the man behind uh, my cigar pack, which is a cigar of the month club. Something that we have actually been talking about quite a bit, probably over the last five or six months, um, discussing how cigar of the month clubs are coming up and, and the unique opportunities they offer to consumers. Um, you know, uh, I certainly look at them as a compliment to brick and mortar. Uh, I don't know if brick and mortar people feel the same way. Um, but the, it's, it's an interesting time for cigar, the month type, uh, I'm going to call institutions. Um, and Alex is one of the best out there, if you know, and, uh, we wanted to have him on so we could ask you a few questions, but more or less have you join us in our senseless banter. Um, and, uh, so Kyle, do you want to start with your questions or do you, let's, let's interview him. To be, be, be sweet like that, but, um, yeah, you're a sweetheart. Thanks, thanks for having me. But um, I, I think what what makes my cigar pack rock in a way is that um, we've been doing this for a while with intention. Uh, intention these days um, is it, really hard to find. Um, I think the intentionality behind something that you want to truly, authentically, and genuinely grow into the community to make it better, um, not just a lucrative aspect of of just cigar retailing and you know you mentioned something really interesting which was you know some retailers you may not necessarily know um what retailers brick and mortar retailers feel um about cigar the month clubs and you know i i personally experienced you know both ways they've they've learned um some have learned the benefits some have remained skeptical and some are just simply haters um you know, I think they, and, and I'm not saying it necessarily in a negative uh, connotation, because they have the right to be in a way. Um, a lot of these, you know, Cigar of the Month clubs, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but you, you have people that are dumping product, and, you know, that that's how they essentially started, in a way. You know, this this isn't really inventive or innovative. You know, the processes and the disruptive segments of the cigar of the month clubs are, are, are innovative but the concept itself i mean 
I, I, I took a good look at Cigar of the Month clubs before they were even a thing in the cigar industry to my kind of, you know, perspective when I was starting. So, you know, so part of my ignorance, if I'm being a little ignorant in that sense, I was young or younger. Uh, it was 2012. I was studying abroad and I was doing a, 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 a small uh, international business associate degree while in law school. And, you know, I I, I came obsessed with with the subscription model um you know that was before way before netflix netflix became what it was in terms of the, the elite subscription models and other things and you know I, I was looking into um essentially something in the fitness industry and then you know obviously i was way out of my time to potentially do something but i the, the, it really stuck with me and then i started when I started working later on that year with, uh, you know, Hochi and Tabacara de Palma, and then I started dealing with working with accounts with like CI, JR, Famous Thompson, I started looking at those potential elements. And then you, you'd see one or two of these big catalog companies dropping to so the month clubs. It would just normally be, you know, just absurd uh, uh, aggressive pricing for one decent cigar and then four cigars that nobody bought that you obviously knew they were, you know, um, overly abundant with in terms of inventory. But then you start seeing different clubs uh, in the next, you know, five, six, seven years pop up and not necessarily pop up. There's been a couple of the biggest ones that you guys know. I'm not going to name anybody, but they've been around for a while. Um, you know, and when I finally stepped out of my role um, in Pro Cigar um, 2019 and I was transitioning with a distribution uh, company here and an uh, importation company that I wasn't really um, comfortable um, getting really more involved with. I said, you know, I'm just going to launch this now because it's something I've been really thinking about. Uh, it's actually 2018. And then we launched my cigar pack in 2019. And um, the, it, we, we think we rock in the way that, again, circling back to this whole dissertation is that there's an intentionality behind what we do and how we do it. We work with reputable brands that have, and by reputable, I mean, you, you pay your dues, you, you go to your shops, you do, you do your due diligence. You, you don't just slap your, your band on a cigar because everybody can get out a cigar. There's no secret um, that there's a lot of good producers out there um, that will take minimums that a lot of people can cover. And, you know, when you got people that are really putting in the work, you don't necessarily have to own a factory, but you have to, you know, go to the trade shows, visit your shops, understand how the process works, understand how the consumer works, and, you know, just put in the work. So, you know, the intention behind my cigar pack is always to educate, connect people with different brands. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, Mo is a prime example here. He doesn't care, you know, that our order isn't the fastest or the biggest for cigar yard, which is something that we simply have as a backup. If people don't have you know, that access to retailers uh, that carry, you know, local retailers that can carry that product. But we always push people um, that learn or validate their their taste of, with new products um, to go and support their local brick and mortars. So we want to keep growing and we want to morph into something larger than we are. Um, we don't really call ourselves a Sugar of the Month Club, but not in a negative sense. We just think we're much more than that. Cool. Uh, so we got yeah. a lot of info there. 
And then I guess this is the most important question of the entire episode. So just to brace (laughs) you for that. So Alex, on a recent episode of the Hot Ticket Podcast, you went through (laughs) your top cigars of the year. Uh, One of them was a cigar that you like to pair with pumpkin spice lattes. So I'm asking if you could elaborate on that cigar and how good that pairing is uh, for our listeners. You know what, actually, um, every every now and then I'll go back to my to my uh, uh, iTunes podcast and, you know, not too long ago, I remember somebody speaking about that particular pairing. You might uh, re- mind refreshing me who who's uh, who's talking about that. Do you know, it was probably Corey. I think it was last year. It was uh, one of your episodes, I think. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Cal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, man. This was is, that uh, person cow? I, I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that pairing is just special. It's unique. Um, there's there's nothing like it, to be honest. And um, you know, I've said it with the intention of Mo hearing it, and without the intention of Mo hearing it. I'm not bullshitting, guys. This is one of the most unique pairings you're gonna find. And when we exchanged. Uh, you know, remarks on the, that first time. I'm like, yo, I'm not kidding, man. Cow was like, dude, I know. I'm not kidding either. I'm not joking. This is like the best pairing ever. Cow. But um, the important part there is less the pumpkin spice latte and more, honestly, that Patina Maduro was on the top cigars of the year list for you. Oh, yeah. It's, of course, it's one of my favorite all times. I appreciate that. Sir. See now, now the listeners are all on your side. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, so Alex, here's the thing, man. And I actually had this conversation with uh, a retailer last week, actually. And he had asked me. He said, "You actually like these cigar, you know, these cigar subscriptions, okay?" And and I, and I said, absolutely. I said, it, and you should too. And I said, because and I, when, when you guys put together a package, right, a lot of that stuff, it's smaller brands, right? Um, yeah, in a way. In, in a way, okay. Or... There's always going to be a brand that seems like you're highlighting that maybe isn't readily available everywhere. Yep. So if I'm a retailer, I'm looking at it like, okay, wait a minute. Here's a brand that I could potentially carry that maybe my my competition on a local level doesn't have. Yep. Right? I mean, there are so many. And I, I, guess, I guess my point is I, I'm surprised at the amount of pushback that there is about it and have you personally uh fielded those concerns from retailers um yes and no mainly Mm. because i mean real quick and has anybody said to you on the flip side hey man your fucking subscription has brought people to my shop well on on the flip side, I've heard a lot of members say that, you know, the, their shop brought that product in because they they went with the feedback after they tried it from, okay. um, from my cigar. But I don't really have a lot of different connections with retailers yet. Okay. 
just because we haven't really gone, you know, um, full force with our retailer program that we were going to launch late last year. Um, but you know, we're focusing on different things and now we're going to, we're going to launch it probably next month. Um, and I'm probably going to get, get more of a, you know, on field experience with, with different retailers and their reactions. They're small, the smaller ones do say it's, it's a really positive thing, especially when they, can use their connection of my cigar pack to new brands that they haven't carried before, not necessarily through the feedback of, um, of their consumer base, but simply, sure. You know, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, that brand I've, I've seen it around. Can you like, you know, refer right. me to, to the owner of the brand or whatever that's been pretty casual. And the stores right. that I, the, the shops that I do um, normally frequent, you know, like Alex and 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 uh, Empire, um, and their City Cigar Lounge here. I go like two, three different lounges constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, they they don't really their their forte is usually more of like liquor and you know they're mm-hmm. they're not necessarily big you know um, tobacconists in terms of mm-hmm. moving so much product except like empire but it's like a very high-end market in brickle and everybody's ordering just like they, they get a lot of padrones and fuentes and the high, the yeah. high end product they don't you know you may be in there for a couple boxes and those are going to last for a while right but again and, that's where probably you're going to find that benefit if people start you know getting those cigars in, in the packs and you can go and buying right you know those those patina maduros instead of the you know the fuentes or the padrones nothing against those brands but it's like no, I, I, so, so the other thing is if you, have you seen a shift in your classic, uh, subscription models, like you're, you had talked about, or Mukau had mentioned, or I don't remember it was one of you guys, there's usually one good cigar and then a bunch of like inventory that we have to get rid of. Have you seen those people try to step up to compete with like with players like you? I I end, I mean, yes. Some of the smaller, um, you know, some of the smaller competitors in the disruptive niche or the specialized segments have. I think everybody's really stepped stepped up their game. Right. Um, there's a few that really launched, like soft launched their product and then realized how much traction they could get, could have, um, or could get. And then they just really stepped it up abruptly. But I would say that the big companies, the catalogs, the JR, the CIs haven't really done anything different. They just keep, they, they have a they have such large subscriber base yeah. and then they just, everything is automated for them. So I, I don't know. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't think they understand the potential value of, you know, rerouting one or two uh, specialized individuals and their personnel to, you know, create something that could compete with us in terms of specialization, mm-hmm. still maintaining really competitive pricing and making, you know, small margins just so they can push their stuff. But essentially their shit moves automatically, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just, it's just like, you know, but, but it's it, like... It, 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 it kind of brings me to my net. You actually led me right into my next question, which is who is your demographic? And, and I'm assuming that your demographic is going to be different than those guys' demographics, for example. 
So like, who's your main demographic? Who who's ordering? Who who gets? And and what are the different? Now you have three different levels, right? Well, we have the main subscription, which is the standard five cigars divided by strength, and then you can go. Okay. You can add on the factory direct, which is okay. Um, a different um, manufacturer every month. Um, okay. And then, yeah, that's that's it. I mean, there's a MCP3 option, which it's essentially the same uh, as the five option, but you could just go to three down to three cigars. There are a lot of people that were saying, hey, dude, I just don't smoke that many cigars. I'm like, wow, five is too many. All right, let's just do three. Sure, okay. Uh, but it's so essentially... So with all that being said, who who do you find your demographic? Who who is mostly who's mostly subscribing? Dude, it, honestly, we well this afternoon I was having a a, um, a chat with um, our head programmer, and he's going to be essentially refining our our CRM, and he's going to use um, a different CRM that he's been using for another company that's been really detailed, and and we can. Uh, mm-hmm. study better the behaviors because what we have right now we've got really a lot of data that's pretty it's pretty ambiguous in the sense that even when i really dive in and get feedback directly from the members it can go both ways man you can have the 24 year old kid that is starting to smoke cigars and then you can have the 65 year old veteran that obviously knows you know what they like because they've been smoking for so long um but at the same time you know they are not necessarily exposed to all the new brands or smaller mm-hmm. brands or non-traditional brands. Are you but saying I mean, Mechanudo isn't new? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I guess. I guess it kind of isn't. So it's, it's tough to say about, you know, t- it's tough to break down the demographic in that sure. sense because sure. it's so it's it goes both ways it really goes both ways well so does Moco. <laughs> thanks thanks for that uh speaking of going both ways i want to go back and forth between cigar topics and non-cigar topics so we, yes. we we're going to jump around a little bit hell yeah uh it's going to get pretty random uh, and i actually want drew's opinion on this question first uh <laughs> so we nice. all know those people who like sit on Facebook or social media all day and just post how many posts per day signals to you that that person has a problem per day. Yeah. One per day. One per day. (laughs) Does that count replies to people's stuff? No, no, no. Actual posts. Okay. Okay. You're saying, like, if somebody sits down each day and thinks through, I want to put this out to the world, yeah, unless you're, they have a problem. Unless you're running a business. Yeah. Exactly. That was going to be my feedback. There you go. Agreed, unless you're running a business and you can post three or four times, you're good. That's fair. All right. There you go. Uh, uh, I, I <laughs> saw somebody's post for the, the fourth time today, and I had to ask you guys... Well, hold on a second. What, what, okay, so what are they posting about? Just bullshit. Things they think are funny, mostly. Oh, okay. All right, I'm, I'm going to put you on the hot seat, Cal. So, if was that done through a bis- your perspective? So, your how the, the account that you were using was 
personal account or business? Oh, it wasn't mine. No, I was. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I saw a friend post multiple times oh. on their personal account. But what what account were you using to 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 watch that? Oh, I saw it on my personal account on Facebook. Okay, so I'm gonna put you on the hot seat. So what does that make you? I don't that follow that enough. many people on Facebook, so oh, okay. I, it's, okay. it pops okay. up. Yeah, the That's odds fair. the odds are pretty great there. Yeah, yeah, it shows up. I always check in on my friends when they start posting that motivational shit. Like, I'm like, hey, man, you okay? (laughs) It's never your happy or successful friends that post motivational quotes. Usually not, no. There you go. Uh, Okay, so this is a a total jump. Uh, It's between tobacco and non-tobacco. This is a tobacco history would-you-rather question. All right. So in the early 1600s, if you were caught consuming tobacco in Russia, there were an interesting assortment of potential penalties for you. Uh, These included being flogged to death, being castrated, or being exiled to Siberia. Given the choice of those three punishments, if you had to pick one, which would you pick? Flogged to death, castrated, exiled to Siberia. Gonna go first. Yeah. I think on the surface, on the surface, oh, I'll just get exiled to Siberia. Oh, exactly. But I'm not sure that that's worse than being castrated. Because oh if like, if you're if you're castrated, do you get to just go back to living normal? Well, minus your goodies. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you're but I mean, I I don't know. Is is a terrible life with balls worse than a potentially decent life without balls? I'm going with Siberia. Out, I think, right? We can all agree that flogging to death, being flogged to death is out. Somebody might choose yep. that. Who would choose yeah, I would that? take the exile. Somebody that likes yeah. flogging. I'll take the exile. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look at the bright side. There is, at least you're you're, you can hang out with the Huskies. I, I don't think that's how it works, uh, Alex. <laughs> I, I think, uh, so basically you're going to have balls for some hairy dude to play with. Is what you're going to have in Siberia. Well, or you're Drew over here thinking about, you know, are they going to get off about being flogged while they're dying? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is where you were going, right? That's possible. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah, hey, girl, yeah. Somebody. Well, what would you take, Drew? Siberia. So yeah. all three of you would do the exile? Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to. I don't think you that's... might find a way to go somewhere else, right? To get out of it. I don't think it's that Maybe. bad. Wait, wait for a more uh, understanding administration to come in. I kind of enjoy the cold, even so. I'd be fine. <laughs> I do. I mean, yeah, it's sixteen hundred Siberia was like that's basically a death sentence. You just have a little bit longer. Couple years max. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. At least it had me not. Till they froze. Wait, what off. do they? What do they do to females? I imagine they don't get the castration option. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they just got one. I think you could still do that to females. I also don't think they actually gave them options. I think they just picked one for oh. them. I would imagine so. Yeah. That's not as fun Shoot. though. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're probably 
I mean, it's easy to say Siberia quickly, but Cal's got a point. 1,600 Siberia is a whole different Siberia. That's what, yeah, I mean. Yeah, none of those I are don't good. Know. Yeah, I don't think there's a, there's not a winner there. Maybe you're better off just being flogged to death. Just get it done. What? It's, it's so weird how tobacco has, like, gone through these uh, just odd, such an odd history of how it's been viewed throughout history by different societies and time periods and stuff like that. It's really interesting. It was a death sentence in a lot of places. Yeah. Did they think it was like some sort of like uh, a lucigen or something? Lucigenic? Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, it, was, it was all different kinds of things for all different reasons, but mm-hmm. it was less about the drug itself and more about I don't know, man. There's some some religious aspects to it. Mm-hmm. There was some. It's the law, and the law was upheld in different ways. You know, back then. Right, so you're selling the wrong kind of merchandise. Let's burn you alive in your stock of tobacco, right? Because <laughs> yep. you're there. Let's fucking burn it. Um, yeah. So it's a lot, a lot of different reasons. And one of the reasons in Japan back in the day was that it started fires. <laughs> so they were like, you can't have that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Mo, you asked about. I mean, about regulating it as a hallucinogenic. I mean, it was. Um, mm-hmm. Other than this tobacco being stronger than ever before. Um, yeah. To imagine these aboriginals like not having anything to eat for a week and then they smoke all these, <laughs> these tobacco leaves. What do you think they're going to, they're just going to enjoy the little nicotine high? They're going to be, you know, dreaming of, you know, revolutioning, rev- revolutionizing, you know, the, the, the world and through, through their, uh, hallucinogenic processes that would drive them crazy. I mean, these were just crazy times. It wasn't just like, you know, regulating a cigar because they were just sitting and enjoying a cigar. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about the hallucinogenic effects, too, you get the the different cultures, uh, especially in South America there, too, with the, where they would uh, make tea out of it, right? A really, yeah, really yeah. strong tea, drink that shit down. You got yourself a real strong high. You might be dead. <laughs> but you might see into the spirit world on the way. <laughs> yeah. It's way pretty, pretty friggin' interesting, I think. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's a, a, a slight, slight tangent. I wanted to try and make some kind of a tobacco history thing a little bit interesting because you guys aren't so into that most of the time. Well, I mean, you got, you got to make that reading worthwhile somehow. For sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of things that are reading and may or may not be worthwhile, did you guys look at Cigar Aficionado's top 25 list? No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you look wrong. at it? No, I did not. Okay. Last week, what, I bet that Fuente was going to get a top spot. I was wrong on that. I forgot who my dark horse was. My father well, they was my they didn't get horse. one top spot. Fuente got oh, two good. good spots. No, 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 but number one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then my dark horse was my father, uh, and I was wrong on that too. So it's a good thing I didn't, you know, do like a points bet thing. Um, Drew, Drew I, since I, you haven't seen the list, I want to get this before we start going too far in it. 
since you haven't seen the list, if you were going to say, okay, stereotypically, <laughs> what are the three brands you might pick to say it's a really boring year if Cigar Aficionado picks one of these? I don't think it's a boring year. Or like a very unsurprising Oh, it, that's every year. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably going to be one of those three. Fuente, My Father, mm, Tatawahe is normally in there. Uh it's just Is not, he number one, number one? It's not surprising, I guess. No. He's gotten a couple of number twos, I think. At least That's top. It. Yeah, a couple top fives. Got a couple of but I think, <laughs> I think he's one of the brands that has been more uh, consistent uh, over the years. He's one of the few people they follow on Twitter. Does he post on Twitter? I don't know, but he's huh. one of the few. They only follow like 28 people on Twitter, and Tatawahe and his personal, I think, are both followed by them. <laughs> so, so, number right, one went, went to Padron. Yep. 1964, natural, some size or other. Torpedo. There you go. Uh, so, what did you guys think of the list this year? How how did you describe it? Well, we'll get there. Anticlimactic. The I'm not going to beat that description. I thought it was a conservative, inoffensive list of cigars that cigar aficionados readers would generally enjoy smoking, and I thought it was completely uninteresting and made by old people. Mm-hmm. All at the same time. Like, it's a good list. Don't get me wrong. Those are all good cigars. Yeah. It isn't. It's there's hard no, to argue. There's no with risk. Any of them. There's yeah. no risk in it. I, I shot an episode this this last week for the My Cigar Pack podcast, and I said something very uh, very similar to those those lines you just expressed, Cal. Yeah. What do you guys think is going to happen? So, so if you look at the editors of Cigar Aficionado, they're not young guys. At some point, they're going to need somebody to be like, you're the next guy to take this on. Do you think it's going to change anything? They would have to change. I mean, not as long as... as if they're... If the way they make their revenue changes, then it will change. It has yeah. been changing a little bit. Sure. But if their method of making money does not change, then their lists aren't going to change. They will reflect that. The reason they're not offensive and the reason they are boring is because the people that can afford <laughs> to show up in those lists are companies that are established and have been around for a long time. And then, of course, you're always going to have your couple surprises in there. I mean, to see a warped at number 11, I mean, that's great. Right? Well, I remember warp got like number, I don't know, what was it, like four a couple of years ago? Yeah. Yeah, they seem to be good friends. I mean, that's, those are great friends to have. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit. 
Alex, you've probably done a bunch of thinking about this. What else do you have? Uh, yeah, dude. I, I, well, um, I, I looked over, I just looked over um, the Tatuaje fact. They've been pretty much every year on the top 25 since 2004. So that's, mm-hmm. that's crazy. But is it undeserving? No, absolutely not. It's one of the most consistently, you know, uh, complex and exotic cigar lines, different cigar lines. I mean, most of what you get is interesting or mm-hmm. it's it's just solid it's usually solid but yeah again along those lines i mean i called a couple um the uh the oliva Serie v melania maduro churchill and i saw i kind of had a feeling um that i was going to rank, rank like in the top five and then i saw a video of the cigars daily guy saying the same thing he's like oh i got really i stalked myself pretty good with all these cigars because i think that churchill is going to be be you know number one cigar of the year so i had a feeling that cigar was going to be like top five very mm-hmm. happy to see uh the cruzado um on number six mm-hmm. really yep. happy um the short rebuso is really one of my favorite in their portfolio um i did not expect the padron to be the winner but again along those lines of what um cal just said I mean, could not agree more. I would have wanted to see a couple of different cigars in there in the rest of the top 25 that I did not see. But, you know, a couple, couple more Cubans that I, that I think I've seen recently this year. We've had like five Cubans. I feel like what they choose to review and what I choose to smoke don't, they're not a great Venn diagram. Yeah. So, of course, it's not going to be a man. Yeah, that Kintsugi, Corona Gorda Kintsugi is just ridiculously good, so I'm very happy for that. About the Alec Bradley? Yeah, just edging it out on the 25. Yeah. Yeah, they usually find a way to show up. They're usually on the list somewhere. So, Drew, now that you're looking at it, what do you think? Meh. (laughs) Don't really care. No, it's, I don't know. I mean, they're all fine. They're all good cigars, but there's there's nothing on it that I would be like, ooh, I got to go out and try that. Okay, you guys, all right, here. How about this? Each of you pick one cigar that you had to pick out of the whole list. What would you take? You have to smoke it. Okay, I like it. Which one? No, I said I, I like that idea. I'm scanning it real quick here. Yeah. I appreciate they picked the rare pink that's called the happy ending. I think that's fantastic. How long do you have to, like, okay, so you have to smoke it right now? Would, would that be your overall choice over everything there? Is that it? Or Yeah, I mean, just like, okay, somebody says to you, here's the list. you got to pick one to smoke as your next cigar. Which one are you taking? I go last. Mm, man, that Partagas is always good. Mm-hmm. Cahiba Siglo, uh, what is that? Four? No, six. six. Sorry, that's a six. Th- that's my choice. I'd go with the Siglo six. Those are good if you get a good one. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, I'd be taking a, a big chance that I might not be able to smoke it. But uh, hey, Mo, be honest. Are you saying are you just picking that keyboard because you're not attending any other brands? No, no, no. Any man, listen. Everybody knows. I, I love. Cuban I'm kidding. Cohibas. I'm kidding. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm just being. I, I I absolutely love Cuban Cohibas. I think they're 
just fantastic. Uh, you know, remind they, they kind of remind that that's why I like Byron so much. Yeah. Well, Byron's are kind of like Bolivar more so even, but that's why I like Byron so much. They're kind of in that family, the flavor profile. <clears throat> I'd go Casa Cuba. That really delicious. Yeah. That's a really yeah. freaking good cigar. Want me to send okay. you a bunch of those? It's a good size too. <laughs> you don't like those, Drew? No, I do. I just have a bunch of them. Nice. They're like at a good price point too. That's a really mm-hmm. good cigar at its price point. I think that's an overlooked cigar. Yeah, I'd agree. With so that. I appreciate it making the list. Yeah, it's a good cigar. Yeah, that's a very good with... size. I really love that that Patuaje K two two two. That's a very good cigar. Um, it's a little longer than I'd like, but it's not bad. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did hear that or didn't hear that? Take your pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are all really good cigars that you guys chose. Yeah, so, I mean, it, like, there's a lot of very good cigars on the list. It's just... Yep. Not a very interesting list combined. Yeah. In my I think opinion. It kind of got interesting after. I mean, the 11 to 25 were way more interesting than the top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I mean, lacked a little little diversity in there. Have I, you, I, you guys tried that Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary? Yeah. How is it? Is that good to go? It was good. I mean, I, I want to give it another shot. I smoked it uh, a couple months ago in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. Went to a, a shop, um, Casa de Cristo, a little, I think it was like in 60-something street. And then I randomly ran into Rafa Jr., who have been friends with for a long time. I didn't know he was working there. Um, so, yeah, he picked that one out for me. I told him to do just pick a couple of cigars for me. Yeah, and that was one of the ones I smoked, and it was it was okay. That was not nothing crazy, but um, definitely want to give it another shot. That's how you sell the number two cigar of the year. It was okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I haven't had it, so I don't know. Sounds about right. We, we've talked about it on the podcast a few times. I mean, really. If you're talking actual money, it's one to two and three that really matter. Because retailers are going to make sure to have... And you could argue top five. And then you could make an even lesser argument for top ten. But certainly one, two, and three. People are going to seek you out. Make sure they have it on their shelves. Here's my take and what I've learned um, by simply conversing with a lot of people that have been both in the top five and top Mm -hmm. ten. If you have a really efficient team that can really milk that number nine or even maybe perhaps like a number 11, mm-hmm. you can you can really, you know, have a positive outcome. I'm not saying it's going to be a, a game changer for your for your sales of the year, but you right, can really, right. you know, ride that. But sure. naturally, anything that's outside top three, unless you do a really good job by milking yes. it, you're not really going to get a big difference. Yep. That's what I've learned, maybe, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I was on the road. What was the year that the foundation uh, Wise Man Maduro got number three? Was that 2018 or 19? Uh, I have been before. 
think it was 2018. I want to say. 18. Yeah. Okay. So I was on the road. Like, I share a few different brokers with Foundation, and I was on the road with one of them when that rating came out. And his phone did not stop ringing. I'll never forget that. It was crazy. You know, next number three. Now, I also share some reps that have EP Carrillo, and it was the same thing when, you know, he got number one. And that year, he got the Encore as number one. And, yeah, they, it was nuts. And the so, funny thing is, before, before that rating came out, there were retailers that were sitting on a shit ton of that cigar. And then when that rating came out, it started selling. Same thing with Andalusian Bull. I was working retail when Andalusian Bull got number one. Couldn't sell those to save your life before that rating. And then it went nuts. And it's still nuts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still nuts, man. It's crazy. That's a cigar whose popularity I don't quite understand. But that's me. Well, if you, you got to understand human behavior... And which you do very well. I, I mean, that's one of your strongest suits, I think. But people want to smoke what is going to get them acceptance from other people, whether they want to admit that or not. There is a lot to that as to why people choose the things that they to smoke the things that they smoke. I really believe that. So if you're smoking an Andalusian bowl for example, that's now an acceptable cigar of like some sort of like, oh yeah, oh, he's smoking an Andalusian ball. It's achieved that status. He must know what he's doing. Yes. Or whatever the case may be, whatever it is that, you know, they're trying to go for. That's a huge part of it. Whether we want to admit that or not. And I'm sure all of us have been guilty of that at one point or another ourselves. It's fair. Maybe not guilty is the right word, but all of us have done that, right? At some point in everybody's life, they've probably done something that they were like, this is going to make me look cooler. Most of us stop doing stuff like that over time. Yeah. Or do it less, but sure. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's keep things moving we get i got a bunch more topics we can fly through as, as fast or slow as we want uh, i want to do a judge drew topic though get it so alex just for your for your background here uh drew judges things uh well we want to make sure that that we understand how drew judges things so sometimes we bring him to drew and he judges you know what, what's likely, what happened, what should happen to these people, that kind of thing. Um, and then we talk about it. So, Drew, in 1984, they found a meteorite from Mars in Antarctica. In 1996, a team led by NASA announced they'd found organic compounds in this meteorite that appeared to have been left by living creatures. So that was 1996. Now scientists came out and said that these signs of life were from water that flowed over the rock while it was here on Earth. So there are no signs of life from Mars. So do you judge this to be a cover-up of signs of Martian life? Or do you judge this to be the scientific method in action? That's probably a cover-up. You can't, they, they can't let that stuff leak out too quickly. 
Although, to be fair, it's been there since 1996, they said that. And most people probably didn't even know. So did they have something to cover up? Mm, yes. I'm saying yes still. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you think so? Um, I don't know. That's just what I'm going with. <laughs> just to cover up. Um, I mean, so, right. so, when was it discovered originally? Uh, 1984, 86. I so, the 80s. And then they said there was life yeah, on it 80s. in 96. Yep. And then now, this year, they're saying, oh, no. Yeah, no life. See, okay. So, so, here we go. I, I want to believe it's a cover up. But what it probably really is is like, oh shit, we fucked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, you've worked with people before, right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember when we thought that thing was this? Well, it's really not. Yeah. I hope it's a cover up because that's way cooler. But reality is, they just fuck things up. <laughs> we shouldn't let John take those selfies licking it before we tested it. <laughs> Tell you what, though, they're surely spending a shit ton of money on exploring Mars. And if there isn't anything there, I'd be shocked. Maybe not other other life, but they must see some sort of potential to have life on Mars. Or why would they? I mean, that's a, it's people, a lot of resources. People with spend. too much money. Yeah. They don't know what yeah, the hell to people do. People on Earth that can't eat, so. I know. Can't see. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they can eat Martian rocks. But we got to go to Could Mars, be. Mo. We got to figure out what's there, man. We got yeah. to do it. There's there's undiscovered okay. parts of the world here, the Earth, and <laughs> we're still going to Mars. <laughs> yeah, no most shit. of the oceans. Yep. Yeah. What kind of weird shit do you think they're going to find in the oceans, guys? <laughs> I read one the other day. So there's this fish, and because it's like it, it lives so deep, it's like so vast. There's this fish that when it finds a mate, it actually like m- molds into one fish. They like cuddle together and become one fish. Very weird. Wow. Is it a massive? Uh, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know how big it was, but yeah, it's it's one of those weird looking, you know fish without like eyes and stuff that live on the bottom of you know miles down <laughs> but yeah when it finds another a, a mate it they, they just mesh into each other and become one all its internal organs all become one at some point very weird you haven't had a girlfriend that tried to do that to you sometime well yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> not far off Alex Mo, what's in the oceans Bermuda Triangle. You think that's a real thing? Yeah, yeah, of course. What, what's the cause then? What's making that happen? I, I, it's not discovered yet. That's that's my answer on something. I mean, the phantom um, of the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, that's there's there's a couple more things there. I mean, uh, there's like uh, what is it? The the Baltic Sea. There's an anomaly though. The Baltic Sea discrepancy, they call it. 
the Baltic Sea anomaly. There's different things of like currents and stuff. Like, I mean, they, scientists say that most of the hidden sea creatures that are not discovered in the two thirds of sea life that hasn't really been come in contact with are mostly like crustaceans, mollusks, worms, small bacteria, mm -hmm. sea sponges. But uh, I think there's probably like prehistoric massive animals down there that don't have the need to come up but if they do come up we'd be uh we'd be in big trouble <laughs> never know you think so? like really like megalodon yeah massive unit that again why would it come up to the one third if it's on the bigger plane you know it's, mm -hmm. it's got two-thirds to play with. <laughs> very <laughs> possible. Point. Yeah, very, very legit possible. point. There's, there's going to be some weird shit down there, and some of it's got to be huge. Of course. I, look at that, look at that uh, volcano that just exploded pretty much completely, um, you know, undetected other than by satellites by one or two satellites nobody was paying attention to that look how it's creating like typhoons and stuff in the pacific ocean um it's gonna create a little a little bit of a shift in the west coast i don't know where i don't know where crazy world we live in it is mo what's in the oceans you're dodging this one no i'm not dodging it i just you know man i always Maybe uh, whatever. I, I don't know, but I would not be surprised. I, I think Alex brought up a great point. I would not be surprised as uh, climate shifts or, you know, if like volcano, if any sort of like natural type shifts occur, either climate wise or geographically or whatever you want to call it, um, start to bring to light previously undiscovered uh you know beings or creation i i think that could be possible in the future so who knows um yeah we just yeah i mean it, it's like my it's my stance on aliens i don't know if they exist i have no idea they exist but i mean as a person that believes in god i believe that Guy could do anything, so if he wanted to have aliens or if he wants to have weird sea creatures on the bottom, I mean, yeah, that could be. I just don't know. I don't pretend to know. It's more fun to think there's weird shit in the oceans and aliens in space. I would have to. I mean, God, how fucking arrogant do you have to be to believe that our stupid race of motherfuckers mm -hmm. is the only thing out there? Yes. Yep. <laughs> You're like, I hope there's something better. I mean, I hope so, yeah. I, I mean, Dude, I mean, you're, 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 we're so irrelevant mm -hmm. in terms of our, our protagonism in the different galaxies that what we see above us is already dead. Just think of that. Yeah. You know, pretty well. Crazy. All right. Uh, on that positive note, 
uh, we have a listener question. Is a, a very big shift toward things that are not important that we care about. Uh, so NC6789 notes that NFTs are becoming more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, United oh Cigars created a, a cigar NFT with the Atabay Black, and he wants to know, do you think more cigar brands will enter the space? Why or why not? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. Shoot. I don't know. <laughs> Depends how many, how much crypto crypto profits people need to fucking launder to avoid taxes. That'd be my answer. <laughs> I can hear the the responses here. Mo's like, you know, he gave his. Drew's like, that's a stupid question. And Alex is trying to figure out if he can say what he actually wants to say about this. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that you you have. I mean, I think you have a feeling that. I think you know what I want to say. No, I don't actually. Say it. No, I think I think Kyle knows what I want. Say it. No, man. I don't. I honestly, I think I think getting into one of these, you know, in in a conversation with educated and, um, you know, responsible personalities in the cigar. Seen may not be the uh, best best move. I mean, do, do we really want to digitalize cigars? Do I mean, come on. Well, whether we want, here's my thought. Uh, so I think it's really absolutely ridiculous on the face of it. Mm-hmm. At yeah. the same time. <laughs> I don't know people who buy more stupid shit than cigar people. <laughs> yeah. right? So that that includes overpriced accessories. That includes buying the story and mystique of a brand, right? Like think of all the dumb shit that we buy. And this includes me. I'm not putting myself outside of this. We spend a lot of money on real dumb shit. Yeah. There's no reason people aren't going to capitalize on this. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Yeah. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be an NFT hater though. Like that's uh it's really uh it's really important technological advancement in our in our era, you know, non-fungible tokens and how much how much energy they consume to just, you know, be alive and be transactional movements of ambiguously based currencies between people. But hey, they're all. There is zero. I mean, fucking. What, what was that unit of measurement that was like minus 200? Kelvin? What is it? Kelvins or whatever? Yeah, Kelvin. Temperature, yeah. 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 So that is the likelihood that the powers of B are going to let any of that become normalized. Zero. Like, absolute fucking zero. And there will be something from the central banks that will take it over anyway. No matter what they try to do. 
period. And in fact, they're already working on it. But no, actually, it's already worked on. They're just waiting for implementation. But you'll hear about. You think it. they're gonna knock it all out? I don't. I mean, I'm saying for the normalization of it to become mainstream, the way people think it is, it's not going to be. And if it does, you're going to see massive world reckoning because I don't truly think that people, you cannot understand how the world works unless you know, unless you understand how money is created. And when there is money creation, what that does to the nations that it is created for. And if you don't understand that, you can't possibly understand anything happening in the world. That's a good point. That's it. So it, there's too many people out there that try to explain world events through a lens of politics. And what they don't understand is it's really about fucking money <laughs> and control. And the things that people laugh at in the mainstream are actually what are running things behind the scenes. Like people laugh at gold, right? Gold is still the thing that runs the world, just not to the public eye. When shit hits the fan, what's the first thing the central banks run to throughout the world? Gold. Because they know the pieces of paper are worth shit. So it, when people start talking about the future and this is going to be the future and this is how people are going to transact, I think it's short-sighted into how things... Re- and, and if it does get to that point, trust me, it's not going to be Dogecoin or Shiba Inu or <laughs> you know some stupid shit like that. You know, it'll be Euro <laughs> coin and Fed coin and, you know, whatever else the fuck they're going to cook up. So that's my rant. But in the meantime, if you got some NFTs and you want to make a shit ton of money, yeah, I mean, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> Kyle's 100% right. Whether you like it or not. One of the interesting things, so United did their sale, right? And they actually sold a whole bunch of these things. Yeah. And I bet they made a bunch of money. The other thing that's interesting is they sold it for Ethereum, which has gone up quite a bit since their sale. So they yep. they more than doubled their profit mm-hmm. if they held that Ethereum since yeah. their sale, which is not bad for doing nothing. Yeah. So I think there's something something savvy about what they did. I don't know that anybody could do it again and have it be savvy, but they did uh, it. It depends. I mean, you would have to, again, you're, if you want to maximize what you're making, you'd have to wait for, I mean, like right now, like Bitcoin and stuff like that are eating shit. So, or Ethereum, I mean, maybe not versus at that point when they came out with them. But certainly now in, in relative to where they were at, right? And so there's a lot of people that think they're going through a corrective phase in, until the next run. But if you have your NFTs ready for that next run and you want to capitalize on it, yeah, when, I mean, probably make some money. Could be. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Got to thrive. Uh, uh, thrive. Okay. Got to figure out a way to thrive on the... Uh the era of entitlement where you don't really have to fuck much. Just, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Just take I, your life savings and put it into some fake thing and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Uh, metaverse. Anyway, what else we got? Kai, he had another question. He had a couple of them. So another yeah. one from him uh, is, so it's it's obviously cold outside in parts of the United States. So he was curious about the best heater ideas or ways to stay warm during cold weather smoking. Smoke inside. Yeah, find a lounge. <laughs> or move to Florida, yep. right, Alex? Yeah, yeah I was going to say I have no idea what it feels like to come up with creative solutions for, for the cold. I'm cold right now, and it's uh, – you guys are going to make fun of me. It's – I'll tell you. Oh, God, is Danny back on? Yes. It's yeah. 16 degrees Celsius, but it's pretty cool. Let me see. It's uh, 61 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm cool. I'm, I'm cold. I'm awesome. I'm stupid cold. <laughs> Everything's relative, you know. There you have it. I'm I the suppose. worst person to ask that. It's, it's pathetic, actually, but... Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's what you're acclimated to. It's part of it. Yeah. So, uh, Mo, you you got the mobile lounge, right? Yeah, I and, and shockingly, people's reactions when I tell them that I smoke in the car are often like, you smoke in the car? You know, but then mm-hmm. if you're a parent and like you drive your kids in your car, I could understand that being a shocking thing. Yeah, I got yeah. feedback on that. I remember you guys did an episode on that last year, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. And I think if I recall properly, you mentioned because I remember a while back. I mean, one of the episodes that you guys did with uh, with Corey. I don't know if you were on Cal, but I know it was. I think it was. It may have been your first episode with the hot ticket, uh, Mo. That you were smoking. Mm-hmm. You were actually recording. Or no, I think it was a TLD. You were you were smoking in your car, and then I remember you say, obviously, people really smoke a lot of cigars and don't have kids. Probably smoke a lot in their cars. And I think in this episode, the one that I'm referring to of you guys, um, you mentioned doing it a lot, but not necessarily being able to focus on the cigar or loving the cigar experience so much. Um, I find it interesting um, because to me is where I completely disconnect. It's like when I, I don't remember how I got from, you know, from my house to the to the <laughs> office because it's it's so it's just so systematic and automatic that you just press like you're driving, but you don't know that you're driving, and then all of yeah. a sudden you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like half more than half of your cigar is gone, and you're like, wow. I mean, I really focused on the cigar. Like, put put a podcast on, put a music, put some music on. Like my favorite, my absolute favorite place to smoke, dude. Beyond anything else, is in is in my car because completely disconnect from any external distractions and i just think of the cigar like other drivers so hold on a second so you have <laughs> yeah. to differentiate so you have to differentiate here there is driving while smoking and you're legitimately a mobile lounge versus it's too fucking cold to sit outside and you just sit in your car in a driveway or whatever parking lot and smoking a cigar yeah and, yeah that's a big difference of course okay so that that is where the differentiation happens. If like as of now, I'm just sitting in the car, smoking, so I'm able to fully concentrate on the cigar and the conversation. If I'm driving, it's different. I don't really the, the cigar. I don't get as much out of the cigar as I would when I, uh, versus being stationary. 
But that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, mm-hmm. I only do it while I'm moving, while I'm in the yep. you know, yep. cigar lounge. So I, I, to me, it's like, honestly, most of the times I'm like, how did I get here? Definitely. <laughs> you know? Definitely. That's, that's an interesting contrast there. But, I mean, there's a million, like how you put a space heater in your shed, right? No, I don't do the heater. Oh, you don't? Just no, to... it's just a shed. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not weak. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's 28 degrees out as a high today, and I was just out smoking. Did you do blind review day? Yeah. Right. Yep. Was it worth it? Sure. Oh, you can't. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, right. it's worth it anyway, because I'll find out what I smoked, and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it sucks, it's always interesting to find out what I think actually sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so I, I do have some tips for you though. Um, number one, bundle up in layers like you're going outside because you're going outside. <laughs> <laughs> Just normal, normal winter weather tip: bundle up in layers uh, always. The most important thing, in my opinion, of, of winter smoking is to get out of the wind. The wind is going to kill you. Yeah. So you have to be out of the wind. That's what the shed is really good for for me. There's no wind. Um, even if it's snowing, like you can smoke in the snow. That's not going to hurt your cigar or anything. It doesn't hurt anything. It just, just as long as it's not windy. Um, and then from there, I would get, if you can get a heater, great. Otherwise, those little heating pack things, like that you put in your boots or in your hot hands or whatever. Yeah. 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 Those things are awesome. Uh, that's really all you need. And then you just, you just rock out. Here's one other thing that I would say. In addition, those are great suggestions. But also, think about the kind of cigar you're smoking and you're taking out in the cold. Yeah. You're going to be, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, from a Vitola perspective and also a wrapper perspective. Yeah. Um, You're probably going to have better results with a thicker wrapper type cigar versus like a Connecticut. Right. Well, it goes both ways because <laughs> it goes. It truly, yeah, it truly. Yeah, goes yeah, both no, ways. I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, more combustible wrappers are going to be less sensitive to uh, temperature change. One, and they're obviously going to be, as I said, as I mentioned, obviously more combustible. So they're going to stay lit for more time. So they're going to be more resistant to wind. And they're going to be more resistant to uh, temperature change. But then again, an oily wrapper is going to likely, you know. Um, uh, need a little more touch-ups and a little more help with a torch slider. But then again, I, I remember when I was still on Facebook, there was people complaining about cigars cracking when they smoked outside. Yeah, uh, in the cold, and I think it was Thor from Cigar Press that did a complete like write-up about what your expectations should be and, and how, mm-hmm. like what cigar you're smoking is going to be affected more so by the cold, like the heat hitting the wrapper and all that. I just thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. It goes both ways. It goes both yeah. ways. Cause like technically you can, you, you, you have that, you know, that con of the, the wrapper cracking up easier. If it's like a lighter, wrapper more delicate wrapper or anything right. like a Fina wrapper a Connecticut wrapper 
even like a Sumatran wrapper versus something like really oily, like a Cabano, Dark Cabano, Corojos, Maduros. Um, you know, but at the same time, they have more oils. They have, they need more, um, more of a temperature control, more mm-hmm. uh, to, to stay lit. So, mm-hmm. Because if not, those oils are going to dry, are not not going to dry up. They're going to be more, more susceptible to to, to mm-hmm. losing their combustibility just because they're they're just more oily. Sure. Yeah, one thing that I found helpful for for the winter smoking. So it's humidity is like non-existent outside mm-hmm. right now. So if you take your cigar straight from your humidor right to outside, your chances of problems go up. So leave that cigar out for a little bit, not a long time, but a little bit. And, and it'll burn better. I actually find that almost everything burns really well for me in the winter. I don't know what it is, but it works. Don't know. Nice. Cool. Uh, so hopefully that's helpful for your winter winter smoking. He had one more question. Uh, he wants to know about your thoughts on petite robustos, the firecracker size, and petite coronas. Little cigars. Love them. Not to love them. Yeah, I agree. What's not to love about them? Yeah, I agree. Give me Especially a few little cigars over a big cigar. Yeah. Wait, why tins? They're just cool to carry around, man. Just uh, I remember there's there's just like a few to co- that come to mind that are. Not like small, almost Panatella cigar. No, no, I'm talking about like a four or three and a half by by fifty. Those half robustas are great. I remember um, when AJ released the H Upman, that uh, the Turquoise band uh, one. Which one is uh, uh, the not the banker? Which one was it? The uh, H Upman. Yeah, eighteen forty four, eighteen seventy five, or something. Yeah, I think it's eighteen forty four yeah. or something. Yeah. The, the light, the baby blue one, and then yeah. he released it with uh, oh, Altidus released it with uh, ten packaging. Got so many of those. Um, All about the tins. The, yeah, tins make it so, make it so sexy. Hmm. There you go. Drew, little sticks. Fun size cigars are always good. You know which which cigar comes to mind? The um, the tatuaje the triunfador, which is like a three and three quarters by fifty one or something like that. Oh, man. Good cigar. That's hmm. legit. That's legit. All right, so we all like little cigars. There you have it. Answer to your question. Um, you know what other cigars really, really good in, in small sizes? Mo? Oh, yeah. yeah. The patina precipitation oh, yeah. size. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. I love those. <laughs> Is there a tiny patina? Yeah, four by fifty. Really? Better believe it, buddy. No, man. Gotta get yeah, on that. Yeah, those are good. Gotta get on that ASAP. Just right they, for that winter. Yeah. They uh it's weird, man. Like that size is a very, very much cigar person size. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sell the best for the 
average consumer, right? No, no. And, it, and it's very much an online size. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, that, that size really sells online, not so much in B&Ms. That's you a know, great we, size, though. When we were in, even like when I was in retail and I used to talk, so like I always liked Warp cigars, for example, right? And I used to try to get people to buy Warp because I thought they were really good cigars. But he had such unconventional sizes for a brick and mortar environment. Mm-hmm. And that was always a tough sell because the price point and then the size of the cigar that you were getting, um, that to a brick and to a lot of the brick and mortar customers, that stuff does matter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but man, there's a there's a there's an online cigar guy, and then there's like the brick and mortar people, and they're not there. There's some big differences when it comes to certain stuff, mm-hmm. and that's like one of them. You know, sizes like that, that typically don't appeal to your you know brick and mortar customer. That's legit. You go into a brick and mortar, and I see a lot of people looking for like a real, like big value kind of a cigar, right? Like I'm gonna be able to smoke this for a long time while I hang out here. Very much so. But when I'm smoking in my yard, I'm not looking for a four-hour cigar. So it makes sense. Yeah, I think spot on. Cool. Uh, so I have an update from last week for everybody. Very quick one. Uh, I, we talked about the Arby's Diablo Dare chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's a really hot, spicy sandwich. I, I, did, I did eat one. Uh, it's definitely spicier than most fast food sandwiches, but I was able to eat it without any trouble. So as a Midwesterner, I feel like that's a failure on Arby's part. But we hey, we also discussed that they probably had to run it by their legal team to make sure that they weren't opening themselves up to liability. So it couldn't possibly be, you know, burn your tongue hot. No, it's like, so if I order like Indian or Thai food and I order it one level above what I'm comfortable with, that's about, mm-hmm. about where it was, which is fine. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So. You know what's another, uh, Cal, you know what's another? Their uh, failure for the Midwesterns. Uh oh, what's this? <laughs> um, no, just the, the runner up for Aaron Rodgers in the MVP race. That's one. And two, um, they're lost. Who ended up the winning Bucks. it? No, they haven't announced it yet, but oh. um, Brady's going to get it. And two, um, <laughs> they're lost to the Buccaneers in the uh, NFL Conference Championship. So uh, I haven't watched football in years at this point. Now both of these things just I know you're a Packers keeping fan. score at home has yeah, sort not of. happened. Mostly I just enjoy the Packers because I like giving other people a hard time. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. So it's like so, so so great to naturally have a great team, huh? Great, great, right. We're like, hey, we have no no market. <laughs> we sure have a team. Exactly. You just love packing it, don't you, Cal? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Meat packing? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How else do you get the meat? Uh, good stuff good stuff uh so alex you have uh this this new site in addition to my cigar pack oh boy do i maybe i don't know do you want to talk about it or not no i'm fine i'm fine we can talk about it (laughs) all right so tell us about the aficionado house (laughs) what is this thing 
Dude, um, yeah, initially I wanted like I wanted to keep it on the D-Lo, but I mean, there wasn't any way that I could muster up any effort to just create a separate effort to keep it, you know, um, under the radar. That wasn't anything to do. It, it's not a, necessarily a my thing. It's a my cigar pack and cigar yard thing, but it's it's directly linked to them because it's using our efforts, our collective team's efforts to push it out there. But it's something I, that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. I, uh, I remember a while back I was had a conversation with Tony uh, Gomez from LFD, and we were talking about different ideas that could be easily implemented. Um, and one of them was this. We What my concept was a bit different initially and Tony says, man, you're slacking. Like, what you have to do is essentially a drudge report for cigars. And it's it's not just – it's convenient. It's convenient to a lot of people. And, like, I do it, you do it. You you open up, whether it's once a week, a couple times a week, daily, like a lot of people do. It. And everybody has their own niche where to find reviews, media, and um, things like that. But <clears throat> you find yourself – you know, opening up a tab, going half refill, then you open up a different tab. Uh, if you want to get fancy, go to Cigar Fusionado. You go to Cigar Dojo. You go to um, Coop. You go to Blind Man's Puff. You go to different sources of um, of news, of media, press, for reviews, for legal updates, whatever, what have you or not. We thought it was a cool idea to kind of like create a funnel, just like a drudge report. Um, structure and do it cigar news related and then slowly start to have fun with it without necessarily putting too much effort just to see how people react to it um the feedback's been interesting like obviously we've got some feedback from you which is great um but the feedback actually has we haven't really pushed it just because we don't feel we should dedicate a lot of energy to it right now but we are going to slowly build it up um something like an update that's coming up next probably by the end of this week is should be up and running and decent is we're going to have instead of an all news segment we're going to have another one next to it that says um all reviews and then we're going to have like four or five plugins or not plugins like uh source like uh what carousels of video reviews and five carousels of written reviews of the people that we see that are more more active with reviews, like Half Wheel, um, Dojo is pretty active with reviews, Blamman's Puff, uh, maybe Coop, and then video reviews. People like, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna be a little partial with the YouTube. Like, I'm gonna put uh, the Hot Ticket. Um, you know, there's a few other guys that we're gonna put in there, and <laughs> essentially see how how you know how we monitor that that behavior. I mean. Right now, we're just, quote-unquote, sponsoring it by My Cigar Pack and Cigar Yard, but if other people want to find some value in it, I mean, what we eventually want it to become is is a source of a lot of data and information that can make us and any company interested in working with us um, make smarter decisions and make smarter releases and stuff like that. We want to have an impartial data on product releases insight product release insights you know um different specials and stuff like that even event promotions 
but that's a long, long way down the road. I mean, it's got a lot of work to, to, to be, be done, but I think it's cool. Yeah, I can think of a lot of stuff you'd want to aggregate, right? When you talk about events, one of the things that I've heard a lot of people say is it would really be nice if there was a way to look at all the events around me, right? Mm-hmm. There's not, that's not a real thing, but man, that would be powerful. Yeah, I had a different project for events, but it's going to take way too much time and too much energy. It's called Cigar Now. I drafted it up and had it on on beta, but it wasn't decent enough to push it. So probably going to end up integrating something with events in in the aficionado house. That's legit. Yeah, man. Um, So if people want to see this thing, they should go to Mm theaficionadohouse.com. Check it out. Shameless plug. Well, you got to do that. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think it's I think it's gonna be interesting to see how it organically behaves without us going too crazy with it, and then see how it slowly grows. Um, but then it's gonna get some point where, it, if the traction is positive enough, we're gonna go all in. Makes sense. Makes sense. See, so, yeah, I think some of our listeners might like it though because it. I mean, the goal is that you can just go here and not go everywhere else. And you can see all the, all the updates. Yeah. Kind of cool. Appreciate that. All right. Anybody else got other stuff they want to hit for topics? Did we have any other questions? There was one about top cigars of the year, but I feel like we spent no, enough that was time a troll. Yeah, we spent enough said, time talking about troll. that. He was fucking with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Nixtagramming. He does that. Nothing guy. from Yogi this week, surprisingly. Yogi Seagal. Good listen. Uh, hey, are you wearing your shirt? I will at CPE. All right. Where's the picture of this shirt? I looked all over for it. It's on my Instagram. Okay. <laughs> it's a good shirt. Yeah, it's, it's... So, Alex, to give you a little background, I, I have long been a, I don't know how you would describe it, an antagonist maybe of people uh, who do closed mouth selfies. Around a cigar, right? Yeah. Lips wrapped uh, around yeah. a cigar. Yeah. And uh, it's just so, so you know, these guys uh, took it upon themselves to troll me with it. So, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. So, you got your TPE attire. Yeah, no, I just haven't decided which day I'm going to wear it, but it's actually a really good conversation piece. Um, and, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> it's legit. Uh, all right, Alex, you got to hit us with uh, some shameless plugs here. How do people follow you, get in contact with you, and buy your stuff? Oh, that's awesome. Um, pretty easy, mycigarpack.com or our Instagram, uh, mycigarpack. And if you want to find some nice patinas that you can't find in your local brick and mortar, you go to cigaryard.com and I'll be restocking soon with uh, Connecticut boxes and short robustos at least. When's the, uh, when's 
Sumatra release? Is it now or summer? No, it, it'll be probably the spring. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know how it is right now, man. It's between yeah. getting boxes and all of it together in a timely manner, everything just takes a little bit longer. <laughs> so if you're I'll aiming for spring, maybe maybe fall, right? Exactly. No, the the absolute goal is by PCA. That's like worst case scenario. So, but it, you know, it's uh, looking forward to um, to it and excited about it. But you know, I just you, you just said something, Alex, that really, and this is what I think a lot of people miss. You said if your local doesn't carry it. And this was always my thing with a lot of a lot of people that like you know when you're going into a shop, sometimes the first question they'll ask you is, "Well, where are you at online?" Or one of the first questions, maybe not the first. And and it's almost like like if if retailers aren't going to give us a shot in their humidors, what do they expect us to do? Just like sit on our inventory. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a massive value for us. And, and, and also, I mean, online, you know, the online retailers to have brands that aren't readily available, it works both ways, right? To yep. have brands that aren't readily available at local humidors or all across the country or whatever. I mean, like, take Florida, for example, where you live. Florida has been near impossible to break into. Yep. Okay. And markets. Yeah. And so it. What do, you, what do you guys want us to do? You know, and, you know, we're trying to make a living, too. And uh, I think there just needs to be a better understanding of how co- different components and, and outlets and retailers actually kind of complement one another versus serve as a source of competition. Um, although there is the competitive aspect. No, you can't be blind to that. But it is it has always amazed me that retailers will carry the brands that are the most heavily discounted online. Mm-hmm. No fucking problem. But, but then have an issue when a smaller brand is available online. I'll never understand that. Well, I will forever, never understand. <laughs> yeah. Again, market regulators, but you know, it is what it is. We'll keep working to shift the, uh, I guess shift the needle. Yeah. Um, ultimately, man, we're none of us are organized as non for profits, and we all have a right to uh, <laughs> try to make a living. So, yep, there you have it. Yeah. There you have it. Buy some patina. Do it. Get my cigar pack. Do it. Get my cigar pack full of patina. That's even better. Even mm-hmm. better. Mo, you got to come out with enough, enough, uh, enough new cigars that you can do a takeover. <laughs> I want to see yeah. you do these takeovers. You see these brand takeovers sometimes? Like, with oh, the you got to put out so much stuff that you do the brand takeover of yeah. all the different clubs, right? Yeah, that's that's never going to happen. I know. That's totally not your style. <laughs> it would no. be freaking awesome. Man, <laughs> it is. Uh, man, look it. There's no secret. And we've talked about this. If you had a bunch of Ellie's this past year, you made an absolute killing. But 
I I'm of the belief that I don't want to continue to have to train the or not train, but to condition people to always ask what's next. That's a very dangerous place to be. And so, um, yeah, the what's next culture is is tough. It's tough, tough culture to please. So, if you yeah, they essentially with, control you. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you just come out with some really good core stuff and in an LE here and there to celebrate different milestones, I think I still think that's the best way to do it for the long haul. No matter the current uh, trend. I have mixed opinion. Like, I have mixed thoughts on on people's hate or disregard on LEs. And, you know, a lot of people, the traditional beef is, oh, well, what if I want more of it? Well, man, there's a lot of things. Like, most of the most of, uh, of celebrated experiences in life. Mm-hmm. You can't get more of if you want more of, you know, like, <laughs> like dude, you'd have yeah. to be you. You'd have to be really rich in money and in time to fall in love with this little, you know, town in northern Italy to fly up there every year. You know, you go there, <laughs> you you enjoy it, and you take some pictures, and and you know, you keep it in your heart and you, your memories. But you know, it's you've part got of the Exactly, the the world is so big that you you have to discover it, and then. You know, you go to this lovely restaurant while you're, for some reason, in Montana. It's a little, mm-hmm. you know, um, mom and pop restaurant in the corner of X Street that nobody ever drives by. And you have the best venison that you've ever had. And you've got this very unique heirloom tomato salad. You're never going to find it again. What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to, comp- you, I mean, that's been standardized, that complaint on LEs and why they shouldn't be celebrated. I mean, I think LEs are a, a very appropriate and adequate way of celebrating very unique tobaccos. If you're actually genuinely putting an, an, an LE that, that is such because of that reason, because of the scarcity or the specialty of the tobacco. And when it's gone, it's gone, period. You, you strive, you know, you strive harder to find something that you can relate it to. Sure, in a perfect world, but that's not what we've been seeing, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand to... what you're saying, but I, you're I, saying you're getting a rewrapped McDonald's hamburger. You're not yeah. your <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, Mo. You gotta you gotta learn to to discern between who's putting the bullshit out there and who's not. Like, I mean, there's sure. thirty dollars cigars out there that are worth it, and there's thirty dollars cigars. Well, there's the argument that. You know, no cigar should ever be thirty dollars. There's, you know, you mentioned a great name for with the NFT, the United, you know, the Atabase. Well, those are worth every penny. There's they're, they're phenomenal cigars, but then yeah. there's other cigars that are, you know, I'm not going to mention any name. There's, you know, twenty eight, thirty dollars cigars that are just as bad as any short filler three dollars cigar that you'd find. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuck stuck in the in the in the back of the inventory room for years because it sucks and can't really smoke it. It's so bad. Um so it's all relative. You could, you gotta see yeah. through the BS and yeah and understand. I mean, obviously brands have to lay their reputation on it. So if they're consistent on appropriate LEs, I don't see why you shouldn't support that. Oh no, I 
I like I said, I think those guys did it right, at least last year. Yeah. yeah. You know, no doubt about it. I mean, you, you I, I, would, yeah, and I didn't mean you in general. Oh, I said, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I, we've talked about this on the podcast, and, and I mean, that was the smart thing to do, really, for 2021, especially, and maybe you know, 2020, and I don't know. We'll see how 2022 shakes out, but uh, at this point, it's still the smart thing to do. And you know, we talked about it too, man. Was that you're going to see a lot more bundles and stuff because the boxes are taking forever to be made. Um, I think that's part of it too. And then tobacco availability, that's another thing. Um, sometimes it's just easier to do these short runs, continue to get some cash flow until, uh, things, you know, uh, smooth out. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I understand why people are doing it. There's nothing wrong look with at, it. Look at dojos. I think it's very interesting how, how Eric released top five limited cigars of the year. Mm-hmm. I think that's super. I love that. You know, I I like that they differentiate that because something is limited doesn't. I mean, dude, one of my favorite cigars of all time is limited, is the Year of the Monkey by Davidoff. You know, and I'll be honest, if I still really wanted to get some, of course you can. (laughs) I mean, if you're willing to pay the price. Um, Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm in between. I'm just saying that's not how. I want to build Patina, but I definitely understand why people are doing what they what they're doing. At the same time, it's okay to, you know, the way I look at it is you could respect what someone's doing or, or appreciate what they're doing or why they're doing it, but it could just not right for you. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of the argument is probably that there are a lot of bad LEs out there, but I think part of the argument this last year is there's a lot of bad everything out there. Yeah. And we talked about that too, man. We said that, you know, that that quality was probably going to take a dip. There's a lot of overworked, understaffed factories. Period. Yep. I mean, and there's a lot of good stuff still coming out too. So I don't know, you gotta you gotta pick your stuff right. Yep. Which is the Absolutely. hard part for for most consumers, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps that's why they should look at services to help them choose these things correct. <laughs> that's mm. right. <laughs> Way to go, Cal. Nice job. You like that connection? Yeah, but but it. listen, I, and, and I'm not just saying this. I remember the first time I spoke to Alex, we became instant friends. And this was this was when I was actually getting ready to move. And I, and I don't think I could have told you at the time. I think I was still playing it pretty close to the vest. But I was looking at making the switch from Mombacho to Naxa. And... Uh, and I just remember, man, we weren't even like doing any sort of business together, but we just became yep. friends, you know, and it was before we ever even, I think it wasn't sometime until 2020 that we ended up doing something right. So, yep, I mean, that's correct. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about supporting the good guys and, and getting behind whatever. And, and Alex is certainly one of those. Uh, he's a, a, a gem in the fucking industry in terms of, of just how he is as a human being. So you guys get a chance to check out my cigar pack definitely take a look at it in cigar yard love you mo man you're the man love you, more, you know that's it's 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 reciprocal you know it is very reciprocal i don't don't doubt that for you. a second my man of course um Appreciate thank you. you so much for coming on with us man hope we didn't bore you too much i think drew <laughs> fell asleep like four times no <laughs> i had a great time I had yeah, to get my nap in <laughs>
<laughs> it's good for you. Yeah. Thanks, gents. All right, boys. Next this week. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Alex. All right, man. Right, thank you, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I'll See be you. happy to come back anytime you, you need a sub, all right? We will. Thanks, thank you, sir. Have a great night. You too, brother. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's uh, episode of the Sons of Smoke Cigar Cast. Make sure you guys are checking us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, direct message us, um, email the Sultans of Smoke at gmail.com if you got any questions, comments for the show. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>